Good morning, everybody. It's March 18th, 2022. I'm here with Ted Chilowitz. It's This Week in XR, sponsored by Verbella. Good morning, Ted. Morning, Charlie. I love the flowers in the background of your- Yeah, I'm I'm always, just like you, I'm always on the run somewhere. So this morning, I'm at another location doing some interesting work. So we missed you at South by Southwest. Yes. Uh, How was was In the Real? Did you have a good experience? It was great and weird. Um, Great and weird. Interesting. Okay. um, Tell me more. Great great in the sense that um, VR was extremely well represented. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have come, it really brought home how far we've come since 2018. Right, and keep in mind the things you're seeing at South by Southwest in 2018 were made in 27, uh, 2019 were made in 2018, which is you know four years ago. Right, and in that intervening four years, um, people are getting good at building VR experiences. Yeah. So, what were some of the highlights for you? What What were some of the things that you thought stood out? Oh gosh, I mean, I, I once I finished this week in XR, which my column, which I haven't quite finished. Uh, I will uh, move on to my South by Southwest summary. Your report, okay. Uh, the winner of the competition was something called On the Morning You Wake, which is about um, that false nuclear false alarm in Hawaii that went on for half an hour. Yes. And people thought they were about to be killed by a nuclear strike. And so what happens when you think you have 20 minutes before you are potentially killed? Or what it's over, you- right, right. And so, uh, and, and of course, you know, I always ask myself, why is this VR? Could this be done better, you know, with traditional cinematic language? Mm. And, you know, again, one of the problems with VR filmmaking, the challenge is, of course, uh, unlike a cinematic filmmaker who has an established language, who can manipulate your emotions by using music or cutting to a close-up at a critical time. You can't do that in VR. You have to do other things. So in the morning you wake is something that could have been a live action documentary, but um, they use a variety of techniques, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all all of them volumetric and 3D, of course, uh, to tell the story and the voices of the people who experienced it. And it is quite affecting and and, uh, I think great use of the medium. And again, shows a certain maturity and, and, you know, the people with the best stuff also, it's not their first experience now, right? These artists, directors have now made several pieces. So they are acutely aware of some of the drawbacks that I mentioned and and aware that they don't have a cinematic language, right? This is different. And so they're using things that are native to the medium, like 3D, like scale and perspective, uh, which are so important in XR. Uh, and just, they made a very affecting piece. A good story well told ultimately, you know, is more important than the medium. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about that that challenge that we have uh, as folks that do a lot of VR of always looking, especially when things are, you know, a combination of live action and graphics and other things. Um, does it really work better in VR than on a traditional screen? And one of the callouts that I would have that I'd recommend people watch is uh, there's a new two-part documentary about Alex Honnold. So he's the climber um, that a lot of people know from that big, you know, it was a very big commercial hit movie called Free Solo, where he mm-hmm. is climbing El Cap without ropes. Um, there's a VR piece on Oculus TV um, that, again, you start out going, okay, it's sort of documentary style, and do I really need to watch this in VR? But then when you get to the climbing material, you are really holding your breath because it really feels like you're, you've been taken to the place where you're actually next to him on the side of the mountain. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty uh, exceptional, that, that part of it. So that's one of those sort of breakthrough moments for me where this is really doing something in VR that um, could not really be achieved, that, that sort of connection to it uh, with traditional television or movies. So it's, it's an interesting point that you're, that you're talking about. I recommend people. people and so uh, <clears throat> the XR community was extremely well rec uh, <clears throat> represented, although the rest of the festival was at, at least the convention center floor, the expo, the creative uh, technology expo is usually mobbed. Yeah, uh, It was about a third full. And, you know, there were just way fewer people. I, you got right, the it sense- wasn't all the way back yet. Yeah, you got yeah. the sense that this was, this was an event which eight weeks ago, nobody thought would happen. Right. So, so everything you saw in terms of activation and everything else is what can be thrown together. Mm -hmm. uh, and it had very much had that feel to it, right? You know, Mark Zuckerberg participated. Uh, but he was remote. Right. And, you know, some great people were physically present, of course. There was, but it was a, it was quite a substantial announcement. Uh, the the um, NFT inside uh, Instagram world yeah. got a lot of coverage. And as of as you know, I am on the fence about uh, about NFTs. They were very much a hot topic in sure. South by Southwest. So um, you know, someday you and I shall be NFTs, Ted. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, Scott Galloway got on the stage, Professor Galloway. I love this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're not following him, you should, uh, because he talks about tech and futurists, futurism and economics. He's going to be on CNN Plus. He has a podcast. Yeah, I listened to Paris his podcast Witcher, with Kara. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so he got on stage and said, Apple's going to shut up about the metaverse. Apple's going to win. And the App Store model is going to dominate. Interesting, interesting. And then uh, Reggie Philomy thinks the metaverse is Roblox. <laughs> and Mark in his speech double, tripled, and quadrupled down on metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Uh, and I have, by the way, no doubt that he is going to achieve his goal of building the Oasis. Uh, whether anybody wants to be there other than gamers and users of their hardware, hard to say. But one of the things, you know, they keep adding things to uh, the Quest store uh, that continue to make it pretty exciting uh, all the time, new stuff, great stuff. In January, this uh, massive multiplayer online role-playing game launched called Zenith, and it's from a company yeah. called Ramen, and they just raised another $35 million to keep expanding it. I mean, it's very popular, and right. Team Rift, Quest, PlayStation, cross-play, which is something we really have not seen in VR, I mean, it happens obviously in 2D all the time. Uh, yeah, it's a next, a next really big step, right? And as as the the VR two system from PlayStation comes out, uh, the idea of cross pollination uh, will be important. And one of the tenets of the metaverse is the idea of transportability between exactly. systems and platforms, right? Exactly. So. so good for ramen. I understand they have about twenty people. Uh, it's a very small company, so this is a very big raise for a small company. Um, you know, $35 million is still real money. Yeah, significant for that, for, for working on a title and, and bringing real, real, I mean, they can hire more people, they can pull more resources. And I just love the name of the company. I think it's, it's exactly <laughs> well, what it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this little XR company, I guess, augmented reality uh, computer vision company called MetaView. Um, they're a Cleveland-based medtech company, and they've raised $9.9 million for a kind of 3D X-ray holographic visualization that is anchored exactly to the patient's anatomy. Right. And, and by the way, so it's 
medi view, not meta view, which is that's right. Um, and, As in uh, medical. Yeah, I do a lot, obviously, you know, in the, in the healthcare world. Uh, and this is one of those ecosystem companies that is seems to be very much in the HoloLens camp, right? For all the concerns about the HoloLens not being adopted and being used um, because of the amount of sensors on the HoloLens and it's all in one unit without any kind of tethered device, um, it seems to be a good choice for this kind of medical overlay uh, with, with the amount of preciseness that a medical procedure would need for training and, and use case, right? So it's, an, it's a good one to, to keep track of. So you know who else was at South by Southwest? Nils Walney and Holoride. Uh, Holoride is a based on the uh, new Vive headset, uh, the Vive Focus, well, uh, and, yeah. and uh, the Focus is going to be included <laughs> in new Audis so that kids sitting in the back can play video games that are precisely linked to yeah. the movement of the car. This will be a very interesting conversation because uh, you and I have seen this a number of times through its evolution. Yeah. Uh, through not quite the precise uh, geolocating hold and some challenges with that, but it seems to be getting better and better, right? So Yeah, I mean, I think that their, their biggest challenge is not going to be getting into the back of the car. It's going to be having enough experiences, enough variety of experiences in their app store, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so we definitely should talk to Nils about that when he hops in uh, in about two minutes. Last topic I want to bring up. Why do we keep reading about um, IVAS, Microsoft collaboration with the military? Uh, you know, they say it's in trouble. The rumors persist. Road to VR, which is a leading, very, uh, you know, accurate publication about the yep. industry. Um, you know, we've had its publisher and uh, founder, Ben Lang, on the show. Uh, and they say, you know, IVAS is tanking. So I called my contact at the Army. Um, she's a four-star general and she's in charge of their new technology and particularly high on XR. And she says, this is not true. She says IVAS is a home run. And they're also using the whole lens for training and upskilling uh, soldiers in the field, right? You know, guy who, who is a mechanic uh, you know, doesn't have the benefit of going to a training center when a helicopter is upgraded. They do that live in the field. Right. And so it's, 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 uh, they're extremely high on XR. They work with everybody. And, uh, you know, they claim that, that IVAS is great. And, you know, they're super pleased with the relationship with uh, Microsoft. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether she was lying her face off uh, or whether these rumors are are merely the griping of uh, competitors. But your instinct is you're close to her and, and there would be no reason not to. There's no, them. right. I mean, I think if it was fucked up, she'd be the first person to say they, were, they were trying to fix right. it. Um, but, but she was as surprised as anyone that this was going around because she at least is not expecting uh, negative things. She said the soldiers love it. She said uh, it's really hard for her to overstate um, how much of a video generation is now um, critical to the military and how many of them there are. They're just highly literate, uh, highly computer literate. Even the guys who don't have much more than a high school education come in knowing a lot about computers. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just intuitively, they play video games, they use smartphones, you know, they expect to deal right. with, with computers and technology, uh, particularly in a high-tech environment like the armed forces. So uh, we'll see what happens with that story, uh, you know, because somebody is an idiot and is lying. Is it the army? Well, we know they certainly don't have a reputation for truthfulness, but this is a a real person who lives in Northern Virginia. She's an executive. Obviously, she's going to, you know, leave the military and get, you know, giant board seats all over the place. So uh, she has no reason to, you know, she has everything to lose with misinformation and nothing to gain. So, uh, I mean, if this is a negative story, uh, she would... Uh, she's either the last person to know about it or she's lying her face off. So we'll see. I will follow up with her. Uh, Nils is here. Let's, let's bring him in a really interesting week. We can go on for a while, but uh, Holo ride was one of the things that everybody was talking about at South by Southwest. Radio. The other thing Nils is just popping on. The other thing that I saw at South by that I really liked was Miro shot. Um, you know, this is a band from Paris that uses VR in their right. show. Right. Uh, and they came to South by Southwest doing a demo of just one song with VR because they wanted to get people going through it. As it turned out, they probably could have done more because it just wasn't that crowded. Right. You can get <laughs> restaurant reservations anywhere. Right. right. You remember South by it's like you're making yeah, usually a massive amount of people make a reservation a month in advance. You were just like standing at a crowded bar four deep. Right. right. Um, you know, you remember the JW Marriott. You can't walk oh, yeah. through it. Yeah. Uh, and it just wasn't like that. I got the sense there were about half the people there. They don't they only they, they give numbers when the show ends, which is going to be this weekend. They expect the walk-up business for the music festival to be very strong over the next few days but certainly the first half of the festival was about one third or one half what it usually was that doesn't mean they didn't sell a lot of tickets and, and i'm told they they were super pumped about the results of their online sales for online only uh my panel with philip rosedale was uh and uh rafaela camera all of our frequent guests team all our friends yeah ready player me was well attended so but you know the room was we had a giant giant room and it was broadcast live so there were about 250 people there which is a good turnout but the room was for like 500,000 people so uh anyway south by southwest was great what did you think nils and welcome (laughs) thank you charlie uh thanks ted um yeah, it was a blast. I mean, it was so good to be back after two years of a break because uh, I have to be have to be frank. South by is my my favorite festival. Uh, it was good to see a lot of people in real life again. Um, the XR community yeah, was, was very well represented. Totally, totally. But, uh, but you're right. Ed was the only one who wasn't there. I was the only one that wasn't there. <laughs> a lot of FOMO last week. And usually was I was the first one there, so it's a very interesting time for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but it was uh, less crowded than the years before. That that was clear. So um, hopefully next year we'll have the same vibe again, like the years before, um, which would because be cool. Because the, the crowds are like a double-edged sword. On one hand, yeah. you get to do everything, right? Like Spoon was playing, and usually, you know, a band like that, there's four hundred people deep, just standing in front, listening outside. Um, but you know, you basically can walk in. That's crazy, right? right? Um, but that must have meant a lot of people throughput for Holo Ride. 
Yeah, I mean, the bad thing about exhibiting or, or having an activation at such a festival is that you don't get to see much other than your own. Because you're working. <laughs> your own venue, exactly. Um, no, it was pretty good. We had a panel on Saturday morning, uh, also in ballroom EF. So I think it holds like 600 people or so. Um, and at the end of the panel, we announced that people can um, can try it. And we, we shared the location and immediately one, once we put up the QR code, we had like a uh, <laughs> fully, fully booked schedule uh, right. five minutes later. Um, that, that was good. Uh, you always have a few no-shows because we were in Austin East, well, so it was a little, little further. Oh, you need to be flexible. But, but that was good because we had people on site waiting so we could fill them into the slots, uh, which, which was good. Um, no, it was, uh, was, yeah, was, was fun again. Yeah. So, so tell, tell us about what the experience is like and, and of course, how people were responding to it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether, whether everybody who listens to your podcast is familiar with Holoride yet, but what we do is we build a software stack that picks up car data in real time, the motion and the location of the car traveling through the real world and synchronizing this with XR content. Um, and we, we, we don't build the content for it. Uh, we, we built the software stack that makes uh, the usage of XR devices in cars possible. Uh, uh, because if you, if you put on a VR headset in a car, uh, driving around, um, uh, the tracking gets lost really yeah, quick. So we do, right away. Right? You're, you're spinning. And, and we, we build a software stack that does the data fusion and then, um, helps to generate the, the content um, in a procedural and way and also allow for persistent elements on maps. Um, so when, when, we, when we started the whole venture uh, back in 2018 as an independent company spinning out from Audi, um, you, you couldn't foresee where um, this metaverse uh, dynamic will be heading. So the, the fusion of um, the real world and the virtual world. So uh, people were very, very keen on, on, on trying it and the, the feedback was really good, even though we just showed a tech demo because uh, two weeks uh, before South by, we have announced our first partnership for Holoride Ready Glasses, the HTC Vive Flow, which has a very compact form factor. So it's ideal it's for the in-car. Yeah, it's very comfy. It's perfect for in-car usage because it also, you need to plug in a separate battery pack or you can even plug it into the car. So for the, the in-car usage is great for this device. Yeah, um, that's what I thought so, you were using the flow. We misstated it before with the focus, but it's the flow, which is the ultra it's small. It's the flow. Yeah, it's the flow. Sorry, I'm, I'm my HTC now has too many brands for me to accurately remember <laughs> which is which. Um, but, but Just remember the one that looks like sunglasses. So, um. <laughs> And it's a good um, device for what you're doing, right? I mean, it's lightweight and it's high res and it's, it's relatively yeah. simple to use. It's not, it, it, yeah, it's, it's exactly. um, ramp up time is easy. Yeah. It, yeah. It's ideal. So, so we announced this at Mobile Work Congress two weeks before South by, and then at South by at the panel, Audi announced that um, they will be the first car manufacturer integrating Holoride into their vehicles as of summer, uh, which was a big news. So, um, you need a headset you need cars uh, next up i would say is content so stay tuned for uh, any further announcements um so what we've showcased so you, showcased work, so you have a, a, a few developers working on uh, correct would, uh, yeah correct we, we we currently work with a lot of indie studios because um they they love to push boundaries and and they take our tech and 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 
ask for new features and really come up with a real cool experiences amongst them are like shell games, Arbori, um, Preloaded, Trip. So there are a few. Yeah, Jesse uh, Shell's operation in, in Pittsburgh is pretty impressive. I'm not sure. He's independent, but he's not small. I mean, he is uh, cranking out titles like um, I yeah. Expect You to Die, great title uh, for yeah. Escape Room. Uh, and, you know, he wrote the book on uh, game design. Uh, so yeah. I, I think you are in good hands there. Uh, <laughs> love to see what he comes up with because uh, the car and motion of it, you know, offers so much potential. Yes, I remember uh, a few years back when you were first sort of launching all this, you had some pretty big brand partnership stuff, right? I, I think mm -hmm. there was a Marvel thing you were doing and a couple other things. Mm -hmm. Is that still continuing on that track? Um, are you still uh, doing that yeah, so um, we, of course, you want to bring um, IP to the platform that people love and can relate to. So stories, characters, worlds, they already know and are familiar with. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a road we're we're continuing to to pursue. Um, and uh, initially, we also started very heavily working with indie studios. We have launched our own token a few months ago and the funds we raised with the ICO, we basically give as grants to developers, uh, to indie developers to come up with um, specific content for our platform mm -hmm. so that, um, that, that the initial pieces you can experience really showcase what our tech is capable of and how such an experience in the, in the car can play out. To build things bespoke to what you're doing. Cool. Correct, correct. And then, uh, of course, major, major IP is interesting to us as well. Um, we, we were very fortunate to launch with a Marvel title or a Marvel experience back at CS, and then also the partnership with Universal in, in fall 2019 during Halloween Horror Nights was also a, a fun, fun project. They did some um, kind of Frankenstein I, thing or something, right? I remember. Yeah, it was the Bride of Frankenstein yeah. ride outside yeah. Universal Studios. Uh, did you try it by any chance? I you know, tried the Marvel stuff a few times. I didn't try okay. the Frankenstein okay. thing, but I'd love to try it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so then the two years of pandemic didn't allow for for much activations demo rides and we, we have a technology you really need to experience i mean it's it's in general the case for vr or xr but mm -hmm. especially in our case um I, I think it's important to jump jump on a ride and try it yourself well yeah. the biggest trick and the biggest potential concern is you know you cannot make people sick especially in a car right so and <laughs> yeah. vr in some cases just by its nature when you're in motion in some fashion or games with a lot of motion there's a fairly large part of the population that doesn't like those games because it makes them nauseous. So they go yeah. with games that are more static and don't make them nauseous. So it's a big yeah. engineering task that you're trying to overcome, <laughs> right? And it's very yeah. admirable that you're working on this. It's great. Yeah, we, we started the whole journey back in 2015 and we said, okay, we want to bring VR into cars. Everybody at Audi said, you guys are nuts. People are getting car sick and people, people are getting VR sick and now you're combining those things. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's math, right? So um, minus times minus equals plus uh, because uh, the, the fact why people get... Uh, VR sick very often is when they play a very dynamic game and they don't have haptic feedback, um, then then they get VR sick. And uh, the other way around in cars, when you look at the screen, for example, and your body feels the acceleration breaking or the curves, it's not matching what your eyes are looking at. And that's why people very often get car sick. But what, we, what our tech does, it's synchronizing in real time the motion with the content being displayed on the device. 
And this actually can reduce motion sickness for many people that are not able to enjoy visual content in cars. Not saying we are a medical device, not saying it works for everybody, but uh, our, our um, research shows that there is a significant improvement for a lot of people, which is a good thing. But we are all about the experience because the the, the level of immersion is extremely high due to the fact that your body is feeling the real haptics, the, the real the forces of the car, right, right, right. And and your body can differentiate whether whether it's a simulator that tricks you or if it's real. And this makes the whole experience more immersive and more real. And um, I think this and and it, most most people have cars, so everybody has the perfect motion platform outside uh, his or her garage, which is uh, which is right. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the simulator because in the early uh, iterations of what you were doing, I always explain to people think about this like your own sort of personal simulator person you know simulators yeah. at scale you don't have to go to a theme park to experience a simulator and certain yeah. people get sick in simulators too because it has to be so precise the connection exactly. of the ride vehicle to the visuals that sometimes it makes people feel a little queasy uh, yeah. but the majority of people love it and obviously it's a mainstay of theatrical you know theme park experiences so it is, taking that yeah. to an audience where you don't have to go to the theme park to experience yeah. that type of thing is a really interesting business. Um, yeah, it's a world scale theme park, if you want. Correct, so, world scale yeah. theme park is yeah. a good way to describe it. <laughs> so, so what's the timeline, Nils? When do we think these are gonna be commercially available to uh, people either buying new cars or who have cars that are compatible? Yeah, so so Audi spoiled it a little bit during South by because they announced mm -hmm. that it will be available as of summer in almost all their cars. So A4, A5, A6, A7, A8, Q5, Q7, Q8, and all the electric ones. E-tron, um, e-tron Sportback, e-tron GT, which is massive. Uh, so they're going the they're to they're provide these um, uh, Vive headsets when people buy the car and they're like an accessory, you have to pay more for them. How does that work? So, so they, they make their car Holoride ready as a standard. That means they have an interface where our application, no matter on which device it's being installed, can read out the data and then synchronize the content in real time. Um, so th this is this is massive. Not saying that we are launching in summer because they will start producing the cars in summer. Um, it takes about eight weeks, 12 weeks until they are in customer hands, depending on where you are in the world. Um, so I assume in the US, it will be probably around October. Um, and that's the time frame when we'll launch. Once the cars get into customer hands, then we'll launch. And, and is um, something you yeah, physically plug into the car or is it all a wireless interface? It's all wireless. So it's it's uh, the signals are coming via Bluetooth in the interior of the car. So the, um, in, in the case of the HTC Vive Flow, it connects via Bluetooth to the car. Our application runs on the headset. So all the compute is being done on the headset. It just receives the data and then does the synchronization in real time. And the data stays in the interior of the car. It's not being sent to a cloud and back. So this, this would increase latency. Right, so, so it's all processed inside. Yeah. yeah. And it's also secure in, in, in terms of data protection, which is good. Yeah, it's good. This feels like the beginning of a trend uh, that we have been watching for a while, Ted, uh, the way the car is going to become driverless and actually will be itself an entertainment, uh, let's say, immersive entertainment environment. Mm -hmm. People may use it for work. People may uh, you know, use it to watch movies or consume entertainment or do VR. Absolutely. That's yeah. how I 
Yeah, that, that's how our journey started. Um, when we when we were back at Audi in, in 2015 and started the project, we were eyeing at autonomous vehicles. Um, so apparently everybody will become a passenger one day. But I think in 2015, everybody expected autonomous cars will be there in 2017, uh, which is which is not the case. Um, but when we developed our prototype and, and also did the business concept around it, um, the, the so-called passenger economy is already there. If you think about all the passengers riding in Uber cars, all the kids and teenagers on the backseat of, of uh, their parents' car, um, th there is already a massive audience in the automotive industry um, didn't really care of them. So they, they looked at car buyers and drivers, not so much on passengers. And we, we said for, for most passengers, transit time feels like wasted time. So our purpose when we started was let's make transit time count and come up with a media format that is exclusive to cars um, and, and will be an extension for IP owners and creators besides video games. TVs and shows and theme parks that, that really addresses a very captive audience because people are bored on rides and, um, and, and plays with the fact that the car is on a journey in the real world. Um, so this is also our framework, our boundaries for, for, for the creation that will happen because it's always tied to the road network, always tied to the real world, not some abstract metaverse idea. It's always doing this fusion of physical reality and um, and digital reality to create something something new that is unique to the car. That's one aspect. And there's another one. Uh, I don't know what kind of car you guys drive, but um, car manufacturers always try to get the content of the smartphone squeezed into the center screen of the car. Uh, we follow a different approach. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a competition to the existing infotainment system, but it's, a, it's an extension uh, because we take car data and extend it to the personal device of a passenger, may it be our glasses or, or any XR device of the future, uh, because we strongly believe that people will always carry their personal device with them, but switch cars more often. So it was a logical consequence to say, we, we put everything on the personal device and just extend the car experience to it instead of going the other way around and try to squeeze our, our stuff into, into the, the actual screen. physical car itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the, the, the approach we are taking, which is, can, uh, I think, also unique. You can probably guess the car that I drive uh, because it does self-drive itself to a certain extent. Uh, so I would presume that... Uh, but, yeah, uh, and, and I, I would be. And he says we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I named my dog Teddy, independent of Ted. That's right. It has nothing to do with this Teddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would imagine Tesla would be very interested in what you're doing and, and keeping close track. I, I think everybody will be. I think this is this is a great idea, Nils. And um, it was terrific to talk to you this morning. Thanks for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. Definitely you. have you back uh, at the end of the year to find out uh, what is happening with this next new chapter. Yeah. And to learn and we can go it. to the local showroom and test it out, right? The local <laughs> looking, test it out. looking forward to it. And thanks for having me today. So this this week, I can spare listening to your podcast so <laughs> every 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 other week, I, I, uh, I spend 45 minutes with you guys. So it's uh, thanks for having you me. You are it best to make it interesting. For, for yeah, it's, a, it, it's super cool. It's super cool. I really enjoy it every week. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Have a great weekend, everybody.